Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. I love it. Hold on. All right. Three, two, one. Hello, Murder Chronicles Nation. Welcome back to another bonus episode. Carolyn is absolutely radiant today because it's not raining in the Pacific Northwest. It is so beautiful. And it's been uh, Murder Chronicles Nation. You will be on my side with this because Brandon's always like, oh, beautiful LA is so amazing. And I'm wearing like a black turtleneck. Um, And today it is so beautiful in Seattle. It is blue skies. It is like 75. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm very, very excited. One of of four days in the calendar year that you get this type of weather. Enjoy. What's crazy is that climate change is like, not to be doom and gloom, but it's, it really has changed our weather a lot, Mm. you know? In Seattle, you mean specifically? Yeah, absolutely. You've recognized it? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Remember when you were giving me shit about the, the air conditioner uh, episode where I was said, and yeah. we don't have air conditioning and you were just like so repulsed and disgusted. <laughs> but it's like, we're just not used to that up here. It was like, there's things about Seattle where it's like, we don't carry umbrellas. If you're like a true blue or mm. you're not carrying umbrella. You're we'll just like, get wet. Umbrellas are for wimps. You have your REI Gore-Tex jacket. You hooded you're ready to go. I mean, there's just things that we do, right? Yeah, and having yeah. AC, you would just freaking power through it. And yeah. now it's like, you you know, there'd be like a couple of nights where you're just like, Ugh. right. Like for the most part, it's just not, you know, it's I just- hear you. That's like, that's like Los Angelinos sleeping through any earthquake. That's less than a 4.0, right? It was like, ah, <laughs> roll back over. Who gives a shit? <laughs> exactly yeah exactly all right that makes sense that makes sense all right so let's talk about let's talk about mm-hmm. suitcase <clears throat> yeah so this uh this episode um i really enjoyed the second half of it where it was just all the interview room like that was really cool all right but we'll get to that in a little while but um this was also uh, a, a much more recent case than you normally do normally like you go back to the good old days right to the 80s um when maybe okay, you were when, when maybe you were go back to the 80s when maybe what you were right pedaling by the crime scene with like teased hair and neon knee socks or something like that right yeah oh yeah baby you got me <laughs> yeah i know oh i know so this was interesting you know pandemic stuff um i hadn't heard about these uh this app where you get the random coordinates. What's the app called? Randonauts. Randonauts, right. Um, that's strange. Because I was thinking about like, you know, always kind of, I'm, I'm kind of a dark guy sometimes. And you think about like the, the the criminal uses for something like that. Like if you wanted to just like get a bunch of people to like to show up somewhere and rob them. Like, hey, here's a cool app. Go show up to this place and have fun. Yeah. Like, ah, you're that was freaking dark. Remind right? me not to you for coffee. But, it, but it's weird. I just think like a parent, like if my daughters came in and said, hey dad, there's this app and it just spits out random coordinates and you go there. I'd be like, how random are these coordinates? Is it like some dude's house who's hoping that someone's just going to fall for it? You know? Wait, wait, wait I know. Plan that 
like really horrible scene in my head. Yeah, like, and, uh, it's, about... it's, yeah, I get it. Well, when this came out, as I was doing a little bit more reading on it, like people were thought it was really weird that the coordinates would go right to that case. And I didn't realize that they went to the case. I think that they're still up in the air about if that actually was true or not. But people are like, "Why? how did this give you coordinates to a case like this? And I guess there were other coordinates that were given that were kind of weird, too. So there was a kind of this whole spiral, like armchair detective kind of thing. That, that I is didn't weird. Even... Like, was, yeah. is the company like headquartered in Seattle? It was just like some dude walking around saying, hey, there's a suitcase not knowing that what what the fuck is in it and goes no, I, I think it's that. like you know the whole like ai is infecting our brains and there's somebody yeah. that you know just that whole kind of like weird thing like how would they know how would right. they know this but it's like obviously some weird algorithm and like who knows like it, it, i believe that it was just random you know i think that it just randomly of course yeah I, so do know? i but it was interesting hearing <clears throat> hearing the tiktok my kids are making they're not allowed on tiktok mm -hmm. But they make video. Some a lot of their friends are on TikTok, and so they're in like the videos, like the dance videos and shit like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so these kids making a freaking TikTok video in front of a suitcase stuffed with a dead body, like that's a sign of the times, huh? How weird is that? Oh my! You know, I think that for me, the part that didn't feel like it was a sign of the times, but just that that whimsy and that adventure. It's like geocaching. Like, I don't know if you ever did that with kids where you're just like, let's go. And and I love that spirit of, of adventure, you know, local. I love doing like local, um, going places that you don't normally go. And even if you're a local, and, and I think that that's really fun to do. But I think that yeah. certainly deciding like, hey, let's make a TikTok video and having it actually be, a dead body inside was like, and that it would go viral. And I think <laughs> that that's next level kind of stuff. I mean, even like, what was that thing with uh, Geraldo Rivera where he was digging that? You know, remember when he was like trying to get that treasure that was like somewhere off? Do you, did you miss that story? No, oh, it was Al Capone's vault. Okay, right. So yeah. like- he, It's he, the first he, time he, I was in the Pacific Northwest. My grandparents were living outside of Tacoma. And that's the only thing I remember from that trip. Like I was a kid and it was like, Live on TV, Geraldo Rivera will finally reveal the treasures in Al Capone's vault. And we were like glued to it. And he found an empty beer bottle. Like that was it. Where was the vault? I don't even remember it was that. Somewhere in Chicago. It was somewhere in Chicago. Okay, right, right, yeah. right. So, so in this case, like they didn't actually think. And then all of a sudden they, right. they it was. Yeah, like, like we always think that it's something crazy. I remember when I was on a kid, when I was a kid, we'd always take all these road trips. Like we're in Jersey. My dad's parents lived up in New England. My mom's parents lived down in Virginia. Okay. And so we were constantly road tripping between the two, right? And so we'd have, you know, a family of four. We have a big black lab. And so a lot of our luggage was always tied to the roof. And on one trip, a suitcase just fell off, right? And yeah. we, had, we, we thought we were never going to see it again. And like two weeks later, we get a call and police and we found it. And there was these nice young college kids who like returned it. And they were like, we see the suitcase. And we're like, maybe it's full of money. And one guy's like, maybe there's a body in it. We're in Jersey. It's probably a mob body or whatever. Right. And, uh, and that's always where our minds go. Right. It's either yeah, yeah. some rich stuff or some awful, awful stuff. Speaking of geocaching, when we did the podcast X marks the spot, we had an idea, um, 
that for each episode, there was going to be a mini treasure hunt that had some kind of, you know, like geotag where you had to go to like some city and stand on the street corner and blah, whatever. But then legal wouldn't let us because it's, you know, we're telling people to go outside and someone get hit by a fucking car and sue us. So, well, and so didn't we, that happen in that story too, where people were looking for the treasure yeah. and they like bombed people, off the side and, of the river or whatever? And like, unfortunately, it did lead to a, about five deaths. Yeah. So we, yeah. But so we didn't do it. We didn't do it. But uh, it would have been would have been a lot of fun. Um, but so, all right. Uh, something that you uh, you mentioned early that I thought was going to play a bigger role later that wound up not was you made a specific point to mention that both of the both the chicken super feathers? The, the animal you said animal feathers. You didn't say chicken feathers. You yeah, said animal yeah. feathers. Yeah, and I so, think that they it didn't say. I assumed that it was the chicken feathers and because yeah. we had chickens and stuff, but it never said that it was chicken, chicken feathers. So I thought, right. you know, this, I am planting this flag here, yeah. but I do think that when you hear, when we talked about the interview, I, I kind of vacillated on how much space to give this guy. Cause you know, you don't want to get, get, but I felt like it's always so interesting to hear knowing how he thinks and knowing that you know he did it i mean i think it was pretty obvious that that he did it and just kind of like what he's saying as he's saying i find that really interesting you know i what i found interesting about the interrogation which we'll delve, delve more into later or just the facts surrounding the case was that he just left the body under a pile of clothes for days it was really, really weird really really but but anyway okay I mean, so, that's the thing about listening to his process and how he's thinking. It's like, what what's going on here yeah. with this dude? You know, it, it was really strange. It was really, really strange. So, um, all right. So it was Jessica and Austin, mm -hmm. the victims. Okay, and they weren't having an easy go of it, right? They were up and down. Okay, um, and. Uh, and one of the things that I thought was, again, the, the darkness of my personality that I thought was going to be much more prevalent with the rise of Uber and Airbnb was that they were going to, it was going to play right into the hands of a lot of fucking murderers. Okay. Like, that's what I was afraid of. Like, we're just, we're told when kids don't get into strangers' cars. And that's all that we do now is just mm -hmm. get into complete strangers' cars. Like, it's no fucking big deal. And they're going to drive you where you want for seven bucks and that you're safe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Airbnb. Like we're going into someone's private space mm -hmm. that we know nothing no, about. And when I heard that in the interview, I didn't realize that that's what he was trying to do is to create this Uber situation. Right. And I was like, wow, how terrifying because he, where his house is, is right by Seattle international airport, like probably like five minutes away. Yeah. And so how convenient. Like, oh, it's just right here. I'm going to take an Uber and I'm going to just stay. In and an Airbnb, right. In an Airbnb in the blue room. And it's like, oh my gosh, this guy just did not have the personality to have going anywhere. Property. Like if you're like, if, if on sight unseen, if you just see pictures of it, right. But then you get there and it's a huge gate and it's a acre property in the fucking woods and it's a long driveway. I wouldn't get out of the car. I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna go find some shitty hotel on the SeaTac yeah. Strip. I'd rather right, stay right. there. Exactly. Yes. And and I and I find that like, had he not done this to his tenants, he 
who knows what if he would have had this successful business if he would have been murdering other people, you know, given his personality and this idea of like not letting people leave. Like, have you, I mean, that that is so terrifying when you have somebody in your life who's like, go, go, and then you try to leave. They won't and let you. you. Can't leave. Yeah. They won't let you. So they it wasn't it wasn't a traditional Airbnb. Like, I doubt that this guy had like a linen closet with a bunch of little shampoos and shit and like fresh sheets and like, no, he wanted long-term tenants. Right. It wasn't, it was, and, and then, and he, and he had some strange kink where he didn't want people to fucking leave. And he had ch like random chickens and 16 cars and shit. Like, the, like you, you can picture what the property was like. It's well, yeah. Yeah. I think that, when I listened to the interview, as I was trying to understand who this person was and what their their motivations were, and and I feel like the aunt or the mom had done an interview and said that that he was a predator, but you he mm. kind of convinced himself that he was like this knight in shining armor where he was actually saving people. Right, but altruist. It was this predator behavior of like getting people to his home. And then making them captive by either, you know, having all these extra cars for people to drive because they're they're struggling. That were and all tagged, by the way. So he knew where they were at all times. That's a little weird. But I also that, that's a good point that I didn't really think of, because if he could get people living there to feel like beholden to him, like you didn't have all of the rent. So you're going to do some work around the yard, right? Well, you're not really paid up yet. And another month has gone by. So now you owe me more money. So you got to stay and work more and all that. Like that's. That's almost like indentured kind of servitude, you know? Right. Like he was the king of this really right. like demented castle and yeah. he wanted to hold all the cards. And um, like he even said, I think something really telling about his personality, and I don't think I put this in there, was that the cops were like, well, why didn't you come forward? He's like, well, I was waiting for you guys to come. And they're like, well, why were you waiting for us? Like, yeah, I was waiting for you guys to do your jobs. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that weird mentality of like blaming everybody else for like, then he even, was trying to- Even though the cops showed him. up that, the cops showed up that night. They, they were, did. They were doing their jobs. He didn't answer. They were the doing their jobs. Yeah. But yeah. like when they didn't come interview him right away and in the, the couple of months that went by before they did, right. you know, he was like, instead of being like, accountable for like well i was scared you know i didn't really know what to say he's like well wait a second where were you guys you guys whenever i see cop shows you know the detectives always come right, right away what you know pushing that blame off on on them and i'm sure he probably exhibited this behavior with his tenants yep. where it's like sure. you know photo manipulation loop of like this is your fault right playing the victim sure it's that's powerful it's very very powerful i didn't do it you did it it's your fault you didn't pay me rent. I have bills to pay. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So shifting gears a little bit here, part of the episode that I really liked that I always want more of from you and you never give it to me, but whatever. Um, the forensic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. How the forensic investigator determined where the murder happened, that it was inside, that it was more than one person, which also wasn't ever really addressed later on. That yeah. forensically, it looked like there were all the cuts were disorganized and different blades were used that would that would you know tell a, a, a person that it wasn't just one dude cutting up the body that he had help. But yeah, I mean, you make really good points. I think that the forensics, because he had two months and two days 
to clean up at whatever he did that they didn't really find a lot. They found those bullet holes right. and the spikes and things like that. And then just a smudge of Austin's, blood. but they, so they believe that the murders took place in the blue room, but they don't have any forensic evidence to say absolutely. All, that, the, that all the forensic pointed to was that it happened inside because there was no insect activity, which would have happened if the bodies were outside. Right. right. And then obviously the eyewitness testimony was incredibly powerful of her yeah. seeing a, you know, a man's figure, a man's body underneath a pile of clothes. We'll get to Jennifer in a second. I love Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> well, and then, and then the, and then the, um, the cadaver dogs alerting. So in the basement, that, right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, like for example, with the black Dahlia that they ran into that problem too, where it's like, if you don't know exactly where the crime takes place, and the forensics are gone by the time you get there. Um, you know, I don't think that this is one of those cases. Well, I know it wasn't one of those cases where it's like you go into the room and you spray luminol and then the, you can see the drag marks. Right. You can see everything like this right. case did not have that, you know. So two questions. Mm -hmm. And just giving short answers. OK. <laughs> Bossy. Do you think Dudley acted alone? You know, I don't know. And to your point, they said that even though they thought this is a long answer, short answer, short. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. But I'm answering your other question because I think you're right that I didn't, I didn't give an explanation for that. So I want to, I want to do that. I want to redeem myself here and say that they basically like surmise that they thought based on those cuts and stuff, but that nobody else was ever charged. Okay. So like, who knows? Right. And so. I think that he didn't act alone. I think he had help, but I don't know who the help would be. Mm -hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> I don't know. But uh, all right, second question. And not to speak ill of the dead, but do you think Austin was a crook? You know, I think that this is one of those cases where you really have to um, be careful because I think that there were a lot of allegations being tossed around and it doesn't really matter if he was or he wasn't because he didn't deserve to die. And Jessica, uh, you know, no. neither of them did. And so, you know, I mean, it was uh, the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were struggling and, you know, I, I don't even really feel like, I think that where it's relevant here is that I think that delayed the investigation because of these guys that were after them because of some alleged, check fraud or something going somewhere. right like so what so the question a larger question is do you like do you believe all that do you believe that there was a bullet with his name on it left in the mailbox oh i absolutely do okay. i think that there was i think that 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 diluted the michael being the original suspect because they had to run down all that you know and, and that would have been that would have made more sense wouldn't it have if it, yeah. if it went and ripped off this guy and you know um I think that that would have made more sense than right, like than COVID Michael. relief fraud that he was supposed to share with somebody and didn't or, or whatever. Um, so and his family said that he brought that up, yeah. you know, that he was afraid of that. Yeah. But yeah. Just when Dudley said, like, it's weird. I try to, when you know someone's or when I, you think someone's lying in an investigation, there might be some kernels of truth. Right, that they that they put out there, you know. Those are the best lies when there's some right. Truth. So, like when he said, 
that Austin was the kind of guy who would rather steal stuff than, than get a job. Right. Like we know people like that. Maybe you don't, I know people like that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, and so, and if anybody would know someone like that, it's someone like Michael, right. Who operates a fucking creepy Airbnb and owns 16 cars that he buys from auction. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is with this guy? Right. Yeah. Like, so, um, and then to offer a room to a woman like Jennifer, who I love, I think Jennifer's great and brave and delightfully fucking wacky and, and really uh, aware of herself when she talks about how smart she is. But then she says, uh, what did she say? She said, I make dumb decisions, but I'm not a dumb person. I'm like, oh, that self-awareness is great. We'll be back after a quick break. It is. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I think that that she probably would have come, come forward sooner had she not been, you know, having some struggles in her own life. And then once you go back, it's like, well, why did you go back? You knew that somebody had been killed. You saw, why did you go back? And she's like, you well, know, what I mean? why? Right. What do you mean? I would have been like, of course, but she here. makes dumb decisions. Like she says, exactly, that's, exactly. That's and her people operating are, principle. The people are so often judged by that. And it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, I. Rightfully so, I guess. Right. Well, I think that no. We're judged not by our people. actions, not by our intentions. Okay, we're judged by our actions, but people make mistakes. And I know that my cousin, my beloved cousin, who I freaking. Okay, let me just tell you, he would call me Carolina Bean. And, and that's like, you know, oh gosh, he was like two years older than me. And I just I love my cousin. I know, I know, I know. I was the youngest of the four cousins. And, and it was like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it gets me every time. I loved this kid. I loved him so much. And he ended up getting into drugs and it ruined his life. And he ultimately took his own life because by the time he turned his life around, um, he was going to have to go to jail for something that he didn't done. I think it was some theft or something. And um, he didn't want to go to jail and he took his own life and it's tragic, but I, but oh, my sorry. point, huh? Very sorry about that. Yeah. I mean the, thank you. The, the reason why I bring this up is because I feel like people do make mistakes, mm -hmm. but they, there is redemption. And if they can get out of it, you know, and it's like where these people were on their journey towards getting out of it. I mean, Austin and Jennifer or Jessica's loved ones loved them. The agony that they, you know, probably went through and then they did probably didn't report them missing because, you know, they were, they knew the lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, um, you know, it's like, they did not deserve this wherever they were on their no, journey. No, no, no. You know? I, forgive me if you thought I I made any implication <clears throat> to, to to maybe hint at that they did deserve it. Not at all. Oh what no, I, I don't think that you thought. No, that they no, no. But what I'm what I'm saying is that yes, people make dumb decisions. You're looking at a guy who's made more than my share of of awful awful decisions, and the difference is not not the difference. I'm sorry. What's consistent about the, these dumb mistakes and decisions that you make is that there's consequences for them and you can only run from them for so long. You could try to run from them forever, but in my experience, no one ever gets away with anything sooner or later chickens come home to roost. Right. And you just got to, I'm going to say every cliche that there is, but you got to fucking pay the piper. Right. And sit there and okay. Yes. This is what happened. This is what I did. Do your worst. Lay it on me. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I got to yeah. get it. Put it in the past. 
know? Right. But you have, I mean, it sounds like from what I, what I know of you is that, you know, you have a supportive family and a lot of I people. Do now. Yeah, I do now. I didn't then. Oh, they were like, we're done with you. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but look, some, some things you got to go through on your own. You know, I fucked everything up on my own. Okay. So I took the first, first few steps to fix it on my own. And then little by little, people come back and like, okay, I'll tentatively trust you again for a little while. And then, yeah. And then it takes a lot of, you got to build those bridges again, you know? Um, and that's the saddest thing here is that they didn't have the opportunity. Oh, absolutely not. Because of it, Michael Dudley. And, and, and I guess the reason why I'm a little bit defensive about it is because I didn't even feel fair, like including him saying those things about them because they're not here to defend themselves. And so when you play one side of that story, but then I thought, you know, people are always going to see that this guy is just totally. Oh, it you know, started with these people in fucking bags in Puget Sound. Okay. Right, like, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> the punishment does not fit whatever petty crimes that they had committed at all. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> Jennifer's recollection of events was, was horrifying and, and really uh, clear and scary. Mm -hmm. um especially her saying like stuff she would start speaking really quickly and get upset like you knew where i was you knew i was at this club last thing you knew but do all this wouldn't let me leave and then and the balls on her to say hey i went into the blue room my bad (laughs) i was like when she i didn't necessarily believe her i'm not saying i didn't or did not believe her when she said the 165 iq because people who toss that out like it just is kind of like are you are you compensating for something but when she said i went down and she sussed the situation and was like this is my move that's 165 points on an iq test right there because she she had that she knew what she was dealing with and it worked out for her thankfully you know so I have a, a different uh, different view of that. Um, I, it, I I'm I'm confused by that whole that whole thing. I'm confused by this whole section. I'm confused as to why this guy left one of the bodies in the bedroom under a pile of clothes. Like he's a is he a fucking moron? Is he like I I don't know. Was he? A, was he guilt ridden and he couldn't face what he had done? Like, I'm not sure why the body would stay in there to the point after he invited someone else into the house and didn't secure the room. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me like he really didn't care. Okay. And so Jennifer goes in there. She sees all of this shit. I, I mean, I, she, in my opinion, I, she could have said anything and he wouldn't have, he would have reacted the same way. It's not, I don't think that she found the one right way to go, like make it funny. And he's like, oh, all right, you're cool. I'm cool now that you know I kill people. Go borrow my truck. Right. I, that you don't have that she has is context. She'd spent enough time with him yeah. to know and you don't. Because to us, I was like, what's happening here? I just, it's, can't. I'm still feeling what, that. Yeah. What is this world that we're living in? It's so like, off the rails because yeah. normally you'd be like, Hey, I don't think I, I want you to stay tonight. Like you wouldn't, she wouldn't, she shouldn't have even been let into that door. And yet he's, you know, I mean, it's just not making sense, but she'd spent enough time with him. And that's why I think that she knew him and she knew what might work. And you know, people like, you know, I mean, 
she even said in the interview, like he, like this boy tells me all these things. I think people do have those types of personalities where people just, even if they've killed someone, like they're looking for, he was looking for an ally. Who the hell knows? I don't know. It doesn't yeah, make I sense. think that, he, I don't know. I, I don't have any really strong convictions either way, but of all like the 10 different scenarios, the one that I would give maybe 15% likelihood to was that he knew he was fucked and it was just a matter of time. And, and, and the biggest piece of evidence to support that was that he fell asleep waiting for the detective in the interrogation room. And you'll hear a lot of seasoned detectives say that the guilty people always fall asleep because they're like, all right, they're caught. I'm not worrying about this anymore. I've, I haven't been sleeping well because I've got all of this on my conscience. And so now when you're in the, in the fucking lockup, right, you fall asleep. The lockup. He's sitting in a chair in the interrogation room. Absolutely, but I don't think I. I, I think he thought he was going to get away with it because they never came. And I think that it was just a laziness, honestly. Like, and a, like an ultimate, like weird power tripper. Because like in in one of the interviews that I saw with the aunt, she said that he left the dog at, that he killed lying in the yard, just as, yard. A, as a way right. to like intimidate intimidate people and yeah. i feel like he did the same thing and it's different obviously it's a two human beings so i don't want to equate you know no, of course i see what you're saying but but his behavior seemed consistent see i think that dudley was kind of a smart guy okay and i think that maybe for a moment the night that it happened when he didn't answer the the the, the police maybe he thought he was going to get away with it obviously he wanted to get away with it because he cut the bodies up and he put them in bags and put them in the water Okay. But then when they were found the next fucking day, like that morning, according to the cell phone ping, the night before, 12 hours later, they're found. Yeah. He's like, oh shit. I'm yeah. cooked. So I think from that moment, he's watching it on the news every day, mm -hmm. right? That he was just counting down the time till the knock on the door. I think he knew. I think he knew it was coming. Yeah, I, I just think that I don't I think it was disorganized from the start. And I yeah. think sure, I agree with that. Did. Yes. But like, I mean, why would you leave it in your, tr I mean, I just, it doesn't make sense. Like if you wanted to get away with it, why would you do this other strange behavior? You know, I mean, I think that he has, you know, there's just so many issues going on with this guy that that we'll never know. And I don't even think we want to, you know? Yeah, I agree. All, all the shit with his daughter, I don't even want to talk about. No, um, no. And so he gets convicted. Mm -hmm. Second degree murder. Two counts. 46 and years. 46 years. So he's going to die in jail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No appeals, no nothing. Oh, no, he's going to try to appeal it. He is. Oh, that's yeah. right. That was the last thing you said that he plans on appealing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But the jury was out for what, a day? A day and a half. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, And so the big question is why did he do it? You know, when I was actually um, watched the interrogation video um, and watched his body language, once he started getting mad, you could see him change. Like he was just getting like this and just, just his voice was raised. And I think that the affidavit with his daughter, where she said that he would wave around the gun and like threaten. And I think that if you push someone like that or he allows himself to be pushed, I think he just, I don't want to say he snapped because I think he's already snapped long ago and right. 
I think that he just wanted to do it because the guy in the night, I mean, it's for me that the most chilling part um, in terms of before it happened was like, just let me go. That, I, I, oh like, gosh, just, just let, me, let me leave. Just let me leave. Just let me leave after he's probably shot because there was a gunshot already. Maybe that was the gunshot that killed Jessica, right? And then he's like, just let me leave. Just let me leave. Just let me leave. And he doesn't. And so my thing is the, the question is more specific as to like why that night with something, either something that we don't know that led to it, or was he just finally so afraid of these bad guys that we're going to come get these two grifter, you know, uh, f- forgive me for calling them grifters, but these people that are actually were, were caught up in some bad shit where people coming over and beating them up. And he's like, it's too much. And he figured his only way out was to, was to kill him, I guess, but that's where it falls apart. No, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I mean, he could have kicked him out at any Just time. You yeah. know, he's, he's okay calling the police because he thought that the woman had killed his chicken. And so he yeah. called 911 yeah. for his chicken. I mean, talk yeah. about like, Oh, wait a second. A chicken is more valuable than a human being's life. Right. right. I think that he just, I think that he didn't want them to leave because if he wanted them to leave, all he had to do was call the police and they would have, you know, I mean. Yeah. There's you know, be conflicts. Yeah. If it was, a, yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Now that gets into a really different, weird kind of obsessive kind of place. That's what I'm saying. I think you're not leaving because he needs people around or, or whatever. That's a, and then who, who the fuck knows. Um, But the last thing here about this detective, this is the kind of detective that could break me in like a minute, just his demeanor and how he was talking and Mm -hmm. like casually dropping these facts that Mm -hmm. you have no fucking answer. I would crumble. I would crumble Mm -hmm. more so than like a good cop, bad cop kind of bullshit. Just this one dude, he was masterful. He was fucking great. He lost his. He lost it a little bit in one weird spot, where he's like, "Yeah, you that you know the, the person. This person's mom said that you're the motherfucker who will do, have done something to him if something's happened." I'm like, "Ooh, reel it in, right. reel right. it in, detective. Right. You're gonna lose him. Reel it in." But well, you but know, he, he. Yeah, no, I agree, and and that was another interesting thing about this the tactic because we haven't heard that tactic yet in any mm-hmm. of the interrogations that I've that, that I feel like I've offered. You know, where yeah. it's like he was literally reeling him in making him and that was the thing about like the the whole fly his health issue and it was like they were having conversations you know for hours and it was like he acted like he was on his side and you know he's like of course this guy did it you know yeah absolutely and 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 he was getting like the real-time information like what was the other one where there was real-time info that crazy one oh my gosh the Christmas murders. Remember that family? Oh, fucking yes, cabin yes, yes. With the dipshit yes. son and girlfriend. They and were actually son. at the crime scene. Yes, they were at crime the crime scene. scene. And the yes. detectives kept coming out and going, are you fucking believing this shit? <laughs> I got and mine. There, yours. Two of them. there was yeah. two of them. And that was what was interesting, too, because the guy's demeanor changed once. He was right. like, yeah, we talked to Renee. And he's like, oh, wait, you talked to... And you well, a oh, sheet of sweat yeah. go across his brow. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. It was that, that real-time information. It, it's just, oh, it's like water torture. Like, it just keep. What's next? Oh, the anticipation must have been destroying this fucking guy. Yeah. And Knowing was, that cadaver dogs were at his house where he murdered. Oh. Well, and then he would act like he didn't know what that was. You know, what's, yeah. ever do? what's decomp oh really dipshit what's decomp? Oh, I know. I know. Okay. But again it's like that's a tactic 
<clears throat> right. Of course he knows what that is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, what are they saying about me? I mean, of course he knows. They've Who said that? Who's saying stuff about me? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I bet it's that bitch neighbor. He said that. You hear him all being yes, all whiny? I did. I did. And, and there was so much that I didn't include with this neighbor and like what they were doing and they were having right. signage issues. And it's like, you know, if you're going to kill people, you should probably like not be battling with your neighbor because they're going to be there with their scopes. Right. Looking, have, at, yeah. You know, exactly. they're, they're going to be blocking everything going on at your house. And so I feel like he was either so arrogant that he thought he could do anything that he wanted, that this was his property and that he was going to do what he wanted. And right. I definitely think that the, the issues with not wanting people to leave and keeping them kind of hostage to him, whether it's financial or just him being like, you know, thinking he was going to be the savior and he was just ultimately a complete predator. Yeah. And the Airbnb thing was a way for him to lure people in, and especially people who were, you know, struggling with issues, you know? Wow. All right. Well, uh, great job. Interesting. Uh, it's always, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting motherfuckers up in Seattle. I'll tell you what, that <laughs> do a lot of crazy shit, but mm -hmm. get out there in the sunshine um, and uh, enjoy your time. Uh, because the weather's not going to last. Uh, great episode. What do you got for us next week? Well, next week, um, well, I can tell you what I'm working on. I'm actually okay. working on um, one of the episodes I'm working on is the uh, Jack the Ripper. Yes. Yes. And another one that I thought, and I and I haven't really done much, but I've been thinking about your high school chum. Colin Abbott. Wouldn't that be, what, what are your thoughts on me? Like, yeah, go for it. I could, I, I might be able to get some interview people for you who, uh, okay. who spend time with them. Yeah. Let me know if you want to do it. Um, well, watch I, I, I sent a public disclosure request this morning to, um, to, I guess it's in pencil, no Pittsburgh. Like oh, where really? it happened. Yeah. It happened in slippery rock. Yeah. That's where, great. They, that's where they live. Yeah. And, and then it said, um, Rockport, New Jersey. Is that where you're from? <laughs> oh, well, it's near. It's not exactly where, where we grew up, but that, I think that's probably where he moved to after after high school or something. Well, yeah. the, it sounds like, because when you described it to me, I was like, wait a second. Like how, because I was listening to the bonus episode on my jog and I was like, okay, wait a second. How would he, how would that cop know to call the police and to see if there was an accident report. It's not like you can just say, oh, they were in an accident and that's it. There's going to be nothing left. So that's that, what he thought. I <laughs> I mean, that was what kind of, I pulled that string because I was yeah. like, I need to know what's going on. But apparently it's a little bit from just the little tiny bit of research I did. It it, it sounds like it's going to be pretty crazy because the it mom is. was trying to write a book or was trying to write a book about it. His Who mom was, was oh, really? Yeah. Know. Well, it, it's for me, it's like it's the the fire pit in his backyard where he I mean, where he burned them. That's yeah, because I wasn't sure when you said I'm like, did he put them back in a car and then pretend no. like they no. were? Yeah, you just right. said they, there was a car. They died in a car accident in South okay, Jersey. So we'll on border. Save it and save it. And, and I would love to talk to any of your your folks if there's somebody that wants to talk, because I, I think it'll be interesting and it's your neck of the woods. So, yeah, that'd be great. 
All right, well, looking forward to that. So for now, Murder Chronicles Nation, we're going to be signing off. Uh, Carolyn, there is a chance that sometime in the next two weeks, I'm going to have to take a week off um, because of vacation and then like kids' birthdays and stuff. Maybe, maybe not. I might be able to, because one of those weeks, I'm going to be way up in the mountains without any Wi-Fi. Maybe we could do some earlier work and schedule it, but there's a chance we might be dark for a week coming up, Nation, and I apologize for that. Um, well, we'll just, we'll just slap on some bonus episode material because yeah. we have a bunch of in our catalog, and uh, I think that's great. Spend time with your family. We will awesome. figure something out. In the meantime, uh, please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. Um, Carolyn, anything you'd like to add? Until next time, Murder Chronicles Nation. Yes. Stay safe out there, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.